0: Betches Media presents.
1: Ha ha! Laugh funny.
0: Mention it all. A Bravo by Betches podcast.
1: We don't say that, but now we said
2: it.
0: With me, Dylan Hafer. Hold
1: we'll check me, bro. Hey
0: everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and ooh, it is a doozy <laughs> of a Monday that we have here today, uh, and I have with me betches senior director of news and activism and of course you know along with your news you got to have a side of uh bravo addiction so i'm so glad to have Balance. amanda Duberman back with me today to to break things down
2: i'm here i'm here dylan i am here i was uh, <laughs> the only reason i'm not in the office with you today is because i do measure my office videos visits based on your schedule for mention at all and who is going to be in the office
0: that is true. And, you know, lots of exciting things happening in the works on the schedule. So I don't blame you. I was I'll...
2: furious. I missed Dr. Mac- Nicole Martin.
0: Oh, Dr. Nicole. If you guys if you haven't listened to my episode with Dr. Oh, Nicole, we had a delicious. great time. We had a great time chatting. It was the it was like 5 p.m. the day before the reunion. Uh, She had just flown into town and we really got into it. So go listen to that after you listen to this one if you haven't yet. But I mean, not to be outdone, this morning, lots of Bravo news to talk about. So I woke up this morning. My alarm goes off at 7.30 a.m. This is the time I woke up. Mm -hmm. Um, I turn off my alarm, pick up my phone, and... Immediately, the first thing that I see is that I have a text from my good friend, friend of the podcast, Dave Quinn, uh, a link to his People article and the headline of the article. Let me just Ugh. pull it up, pull it up so I can read uh, so I can read verbatim. It is Brandy Glanville and Caroline Manzo exited Ultimate Girls Trip early after, quote, unwanted kisses. <sighs>
2: It's really a Mad
0: Libs for the ages. This is is a text that I received at 7.09 a.m. I woke up at 7.30. Yeah, like I'm literally still in bed, eyes crusty. And I'm like, damn, if only I had woken up 20 minutes earlier. (laughs) Um, But I'm just going to read a little bit from this article. So we have a basis in a basis in journalism before we start discussing it because there is a lot to discuss. Um, So as we know, ultimate girls trip season four has been filming in Marrakech. They just finished up Alex McCord posted from her flight home. Um, So according to insiders, Glanville took things too far with Manzo during a party, kissing her multiple times throughout the evening without her consent. Quote, it was unwanted, a source said, and Caroline's distress over the matter did not seem to stop Brandy. Things escalated and physical boundaries allegedly were crossed that Caroline felt were serious and uncomfortable. Following the incident, a decision was made by production to report what happened to higher ups. Filming continued that night and into the next morning when Glanville, a second source notes, was made aware of Manzo's feelings and apologized via text message. Still, a decision was made that afternoon, unbeknownst to Manzo, to remove Glanville from the trip early. Quote, Brandy's behavior was inappropriate, a third source says, so she was asked to leave. And then it turns out Caroline decided later that day that she didn't want to stay so she exited on her own the dave dave's article for people says via a source that all of the other women in the cast were supportive of caroline's decision to remove herself from the show um but i mean damn it damn. just is it sucks because a couple days ago this story had broken on, you know, a few different blogs. It was all over social media that they had gotten into a fight with each other and that allegedly the story was that Brandy had brought up stuff about Dina Manzo. Caroline didn't like it. They got into an argument. Brandy got physical and that's why she was sent oh. home, which when I heard that, first of all, both versions of the story sound believable to me. Brandy is a loose fucking In cannon. In
2: way She was either <laughs> making out with her or assaulting her. Right. And... The thing is,
0: when I heard the first story, it was like, okay, obviously never okay to get physical with someone in that way. But if she's bringing up the drama about Dina, I would be interested to see that conversation. But then this version of events, which it's reported on by three sources in this article, yeah. it's like, well, that's there's no fun part of that. That mm-hmm. it just fucking sucks. And it's like, do I believe it? I uh, I don't yeah. have a particular reason not to.
2: Right, and I feel like this, you know, this we're obviously gonna talk about, you know, in a vacuum, but this on top of knowing that Heather Gay was very likely assaulted, punched by another cast member, or just the fact that that happened while she was, this is their job at work and we don't have a resolution of that, and then this, it's like, this is an unsafe workplace, Andy Cohen. What's going on? We need to get... It's uh, like Congress <laughs> and Bravo. There's no HR. We've
0: got to get OSHA in there to investigate. <laughs>
2: yeah, but like you said, it's just like a big, a big yikes for everybody. Yeah, and it's
0: it's frustrating because I think Brandy for a long time has kind of lived her life on this razor's edge of what is appropriate and what is acceptable. And a part of the reason that we like her is that she is willing to go go places and say things that other people won't. But then that's also the reason that she is kind mm-hmm. of a liability as a cast member and a reason that I think a lot of people haven't liked her for a long time. And we saw on her last season of Girls Trip that she was kind of a little volatile and, you know, causing <laughs> issues with people, but there's a fine line and clearly Making unwanted physical advances towards somebody repeatedly is far on the other side of the line of mm-hmm. what is acceptable or entertaining or, you know, excusable yeah. in any way.
2: Yeah, she seems to entirely lack impulse control. Like she's like, a like last season, she really reminded me of like a child. Like, you know, when a kid does something truly like bad and not OK and you, you React to them and they look very confused like oh and, and immediately a little ashamed and she does that a lot It's like but she just it never she has no control over it and she's not able to stop herself And so like in a way it does seem like this was inevitable like she has no boundaries And if you think about her behavior before like people just sort of like oh, yeah brandy like uh-huh Like I don't I don't really want to make out with you But it obviously this was a time where I wonder if it was she took it even farther or if Caroline was also finally the person that was like, this is not this is not okay under any circumstances. Like,
0: Right. And if you are in an environment where it's people that you're friends with, people that know you really well, people that have kind of a vested interest in protecting you, that's one thing. When it's people on the Beverly Hills cast who, a pr- yes. who have a relationship with her and they're saying, oh, well, like Brandy's kind of a mess, but, you know, we want to kind of circle around her and make mm. sure she comes out of this okay. Whereas when you're in a group of six or seven women that you don't know super well, might not know at all, and might be really, really turned off by the same behavior that other people kind of find mm. endearing or totally. you know quirky or whatever, somebody like Caroline Manzo, it doesn't shock me that she might be the one to finally be like, this bitch is crazy. Like this, this isn't, I'm not going to put up with this. And I certainly am not going to, you know, make any apologies for her and cover up anything that I feel bad about that happened. Mm -hmm. So as much as it, you know, it's, it's tough because they just finished filming this show. I was really excited when they announced the cast. I still am, you know, really curious. This didn't happen until I think like the second to last night that they were there. Um, But it's it just kind of puts this darkness around the whole season, knowing that there's this essentially sexual assault scandal that's going to happen at the end. And it's like, okay, so do we watch the first five episodes of the season Mm -hmm. just putting that out of our minds as much as possible? Or is there some larger conversation around does this season even air the way they intend it to like it is just kind of so frustrating that now we're in this place where you know I first and foremost I hope that Caroline is okay with what has happened and that everybody is kind of being supported in that way but then also it's like Mm -hmm. I just I'm I have questions about kind of how we're gonna handle this season
2: yeah I mean as you were talking like when you said it happened on the second to last night I was like great we can have a normal show, but you're right with the context of like this pretty serious thing. And it's, it is like, as you were talking, you know, it really is all about like the cast and it varies, you know, like literally we're going to talk about an episode of Potomac where they were all over each other. And it's, it's a different dynamic potentially, but obviously like I, Caroline Manzo, who hasn't been part of this franchise for a long time is old, a little bit older than them in a foreign country. And like, I assume this woman just like did not listen to her and would not get off of her. So yeah, that is, that is interesting to think about, you know, how are we going to watch it? Is it going to lose all entertainment value? Are we going to be entertained and then horrified at the end that we were, you know, allowed to kind of experience that I'm wondering like, do you think Bravo, like, do you think that they should have known better to not to cast Brandy again? Because to me, like, I know she has her fans. I think she's disgusting. Like, I do not like her at all. And, like, there's nothing she wouldn't do, in my view. And it's sort of like, of course she was going to put herself, like, in this position.
0: Yeah, I have mixed feelings. I mean, I I totally understand that viewpoint of Brandy historically. I mean, right now, I'm not in a position where I'm going to say anything nice about her. But, you know, in general, I feel moments. like... In general, I feel like it's she is somebody that person. I have appreciated. I've I've met her. I've interviewed her. I've, you know, talked to her. Like, I have, you know, I, she's somebody that I can kind of see both sides with, in a way, in certain situations. It's tough because she's done... She's been around the reality TV block so many times now. Obviously, she's done Housewives, she's done Girls Trip, she's done Celebrity Big Brother. She was just on The Traders on Peacock mm-hmm. earlier yeah. this month. She, I mean, she went home first, so she was only in like <laughs> two episodes. She's but... always going home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if competition shows are ever really going to be her strong suit. But
2: even on the non th- ones, it's like oh, you got to pack your bags. <laughs> you didn't even I qualify think... to the end of the of the Ultimate Girls Trip.
0: Look, I. I think she is somebody that it's almost like the forbidden fruit a little bit in the way that mm-hmm. it's like there is so much reality TV potential to be mined there and when it's good it's so good and I I get yes. why that is Hard to resist when you're casting a show like this. And let's face it, when you're casting a girl's trip, if you want there to be drama and you want people from different franchises to really be getting into it, there is a relatively short list, I think, of housewives that you could cast that really will be willing to go there and that you can rely on to want to go there. Because I think there there are plenty of housewives who are shit stirrers in their own franchises and who can be messy and might get a villain edit sometimes who would get cast on an Ultimate Girls Trip and be like, this is perfect image rehab for me. I'm going to go spend a week in the tropics Mm -hmm. making friends and showing people how fun I am. That's kind of what Kenya did with the first season of Girls Trip. And I loved her for it. Like, that that was great. Mm -hmm. But I think Brandy, from a casting standpoint, it's like who do we have that we know 100% if we send on this trip is going to get in there and fuck it up. And unfortunately she,
1: she fucked it up in
0: in not the, not the entertaining way. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you have to wonder though, like with something like this, where it sounds like the network, the production company, whoever had to get involved and make the call to send her home This might be her last straw. You know, Mm -hmm. she might have she might have used up the chances because the fact that she was on two seasons of Girls Trip, also on The Traders. You know, like she's kind of you know Little Miss Peacock. Like she's (laughs) she's getting asked back and back and cast and sing. And when you have something like this where it's like a concrete example. And we have such a hard line with these policies now with reality shows. There was a scandal with Survivor a couple of years ago where there was a contestant that had gotten, there were multiple complaints had to be made about this person before they were removed from the competition. Mm-hmm. And in the wake oh, of God. that, CBS really had to adjust their policies and make them, you know, try to make amends for how this had been yeah. handled. And I think, you know, Peacock and NBCU and the production company are probably, very aware of that and really want to avoid a similar situation.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, she does provide a lot. She also, I found on her season, provided a lot of like funny moments, like just waking up in her full on makeup. And, you know, I'm thinking about that below deck season that happened like during the, mm. um, like was filmed during the racial justice protest. And that guy, that cast member put up that hideous meme, but he was somewhat yep. inconsequential that they were able to basically build a season without him. And you didn't notice. And obviously that's not going to be possible with Brandy Glanville.
0: Imagine trying to edit Brandy out yeah. of the season of Ultimate Girls Trip. It would be like they would just have to like Emmy. blur her, blur her on the screen, and it's like, wait, like who's who, who's that ghost-like figure? Right,
2: where is that tangled weave coming from?
0: <laughs> There's just like this like pixelated blob that's like yeah. humping Camille's leg. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah,
2: but it is, yeah, like I like you, that cast was announced, and it was such a thrill. And so, yeah, like you said, it's like you're going to be watching that whole season just sort of like, oh, I'm enjoying this, but am I going to regret it and feel really gross when I see that
1: some, mm-hmm. it ended really, really badly? HoneyLove.com/MIA. Use our exclusive link to get twenty percent off. HoneyLove.com/MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love.
0: I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the over overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including custom. Checklist to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Well, not to keep the mood sour, but pivoting to another upcoming project that now seems to be in oh a little bit of peril. Uh, page Six reported on Sunday. This is the headline, quote, Bravo has lost interest in Rony legacy as contract talks stall over money. So we it's now been, I think, nine-ish months since the big announcement of the uh, the great two-state solution to the Rony problem <laughs> um, and, you know, the Rony reboot is deep into filming. They've been on two trips already. That is happening, happening for real. We know who the people are. But legacy has seemed to be a little bit more of a white whale. They've gone through a lot of, you know, kind of casting back and forth. There was, I think, a demois rumor post a couple weeks ago about contract talks being an issue and that people were asking for too much money. And If this reporting in page six is true, uh, they said, we're told Bravo has, quote, hit pause on contract negotiations with sources close to the cast telling us the network is lowballing them while production insiders huff that the talent think, quote, they should make what the cast of Friends made in their (laughs) heyday. Which, if you you are on the younger side, you may not remember, it was historic that the Friends cast was each making $1 million per episode by the end of that show's run. I... (sighs) Legacy is such a such a tricky thing for mm-hmm. me to wrap my mind around because it seems like it should be so easy. That it's like, we know the general group. Maybe there's one or two people that are kind of on the bubble. But overall, it's like, you know exactly who you need to get in the room. It seems like it should be easy to just make a deal and film them for like six weeks. But clearly there is just so much noise happening around this casting process and for a show that seems like such a no-brainer from a casting standpoint it's like you kind of do have to wonder are these women just delusional in what they think they're going to get paid
2: yeah I mean maybe yeah like (laughs) obviously we want women to get what they deserve and to and for their value to be reflected in what they're asking for Honestly, I'm not excited about that show. I think that if they don't really offer a tremendous amount to a value to Bravo right now, like I don't really need to watch like I'm not the only reason that I am pretty sure I'm going to watch it is because I live in the city. Like if I didn't, I I might not. That's really the the draw for me. So like I think Bravo is probably right when they think that they have the upper hand. Uh, I don't really know many people that are probably going to be devastated by the fact that it's going to be uh, prolonged a little bit more. I do think they're delusional. That's what, as you were saying, it's like, when you pay people, you, you also pay people if you know, you have to consider what they are giving up when they do work for you, for you. And it's like, if, if Sonya, whoever these people are, have other work and they're saying, look, I can do this for more money, so you need to match me, then Bravo has a decision to make. But like, I don't know. Forgive me. But like, I don't really know if like there are projects, you know, knocking mm. on their door everywhere. Like these like famously, they yeah. have had like had to change their lifestyles.
0: I think that's a good point that it's for some of these people. Their financial situations, I'm sure, are all different and complicated. And yeah, they're going to do whatever. better than I ever will, but like... <laughs> but when you when you think, okay, let's just say they're being offered currently $1 million to do a season. I don't know if this is at all in the ballpark. But if they're saying, mm, no, but I want $2 million, and Bravo is saying you either take the $1 million or there's no show, it does seem like as the time ticks on... The million dollars versus zero is gonna to start to sound like right. a more appealing offer. And I think you're right. For the most part, these women, it's not that they have nothing going on, but they don't have somebody else knocking on their door with a million dollar check. So That's it's what I was like gonna say, right. The 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 supply and demand yeah. of the reality show contracts, it's it's, it's like, a complicated thing, but it's like yeah. Okay. Okay. like even if you got offered to do something for someone else, it's not going to be Housewives. It's not going to be kind of that blue chip stock that you would be getting if you're being cast in a lead role on a Bravo Housewives show. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And I almost wonder if they know that maybe it's not going to be good. So they're like, let's just like get this money now because we don't even this might be the last one. You know, I'm sure I'm sure there are some women in some franchises where they think that every year where they're like, I have to get this now. Whereas like, I don't know, they should be going into it. All right. This is a great chance for me to make a million dollars and show that we can still be really engaging and then command like a higher fee next time because of how many people are watching it. But um, yeah, like you said, it's surprising to me like that these women, like, are waiting out for better offers. And then that makes me think, like, they're just not that interested in doing it, which means it's not going to be good.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a tough give and take because it's, like, I don't want to watch people ha- half-ass being on a Housewives show just because they're people that I've watched for a long time and generally like. But at the same time, I don't want them to, like, bluff themselves out of a gig and then... Mm-hmm. Because of some like fuckery with the contracts, we just yes. never ever see Dorinda or you know Sonia and Luann have a spinoff coming out, so it's right, we're, right, we're right. going to yeah, see yeah. them again. But like, I don't want some like contract kind of hiccups to screw us out of something that could be good. But you're right that True. it's like I don't I don't want to watch the six of them on a show just because it's the six of them. I want to watch. A good show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see where Bravo is coming from when they're like, "Okay, we've got we've got some original franchises and the relaunch." I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm also wondering because I think that understandably fans have been really, really, really deeply skeptical of the reboot cast, which I understand. It's something that we haven't done before. It's new. We don't know if it's going to be good. And when I talk about it, I'm very clear to be like, I have no idea if it's going to be good. Yeah. But I'm excited to give it a chance. And I wonder maybe if Bravo is seeing footage from this new show, hearing things from the new women, and if they are pleased with what they're mm-hmm. seeing, that could that could be hurting the legacy women's case to get paid, you know the buku That's bucks really because they're yeah. like they're not the shiniest, newest thing. Just because I mean, they're their legacy and people love them, but like if Bravo thinks they have a hit on their hands with the reboot, all of a sudden Legacy feels less important, maybe than it did six months ago.
2: Yeah, I'll take that. I don't know. I mean, yeah.
0: Andy of course is doing his um, Andy's doing his classic thing of like, well, you know, I've seen the first couple episodes <laughs> and. It's That's a great impression. I, it's gonna be good. Yeah. You've never seen anything, you know, it's very like most dramatic season ever yeah, 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 bachelor yeah, yeah. equivalent where it's like Andy's gonna say something about how the premiere's incredible or whatever and like always always a grain of salt there, but it's like I'm not sold on the fact that the reboot's gonna be bad, so Yeah, exactly. I, I, I will It'll be at wait- least
2: be like endless. I don't know how to say this. It is ageist, but it's like the New York cast, like the like, like they're they're so <laughs> much older than like every other full cast, with the exception of Karen, who delivers, frankly. So, uh, yeah, I'm let's... excited for some for, some fresh for some fresh blood, and I do consider Karen's blood to be the freshest. Tired of not
0: being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card. in Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Let's talk about Potomac. That's, I, that's why we're really here. I mean, it's a Monday. We have a new episode to sink our teeth into. The ladies are are back from Mexico. They're wrapping things up for the season, but not before um, we have some like last little tidbits of, was tidbits of drama. This episode was amazing. <laughs> this is kind of I a just fun episode. Fun with it. Yeah, I think... There would be a tendency, there could be a tendency to call this like a filler episode. But sometimes when you have the right group of women and yeah. you have the right, you know, amalgamation of events going on, <laughs> a filler episode can be just as entertaining, if not more than an episode where people are at each other's throats the whole time.
2: Yes, because I can't enjoy Robin Dixon hiccuping while wasted and and rubbing on strippers if there's also a really serious fight happening about somebody's family I need that in a bottle episode
0: yes it's it, I think people sometimes lose sight of that you really have to have both you have to have the highs and the lows you have to have the comedy along with the drama and that's why this we love episode, Potomac yeah spending some time at the strip club with the steak and lobster Charisse just like reaching across the table to like fling a lobster tail onto her plate like it's just beautiful ashley and mia accidentally showing up (laughs) in the same sheer mesh body Uh,
2: she's a garden snake
0: (laughs) she's a garden snake i'm an anaconda Uh. Oh, God. It, Mia is one of those housewives where I feel like I've I've talked about She's this throughout the season. But she is so ridiculous and so hard to pin down yeah. in a way that is fascinating and sort of intoxicating. That it's like, I don't know what the hell is going on with her business. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on with her and Jacqueline. Now I don't know I don't what know the hell is going, on with, going on with her and Mia. <laughs> yeah. Her with her and Wendy. Sorry, yeah. That it's like, okay, so her and Wendy f- fucking hated each other, and then they were in between, I was and so now confused. they've uh, now they've apparently been looking at each other's coochies in they've Mexico. Been <laughs> Maybe there was touching. Maybe there was looking. Uh, uh, Mia, all of a sudden, is like, "No, I am. I, I need consent from mm-hmm. from Eddie." I'm right. like, "Okay, g- good for good for you. Set the boundary." I guess it. It is so. I have so many questions, but at the same time, like, I don't actually want the answers.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I'm very eager for this reunion because, like, we're not really hearing Wendy's side of any of this and, like, how she's. She's like uh been reacted to it. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. But like you said, it's so as it's just sort of like you're watching Housewives. You're bumbling along, You're watching. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Do these two just have like intimate relations in front of each other? What is how, how how did we get there? How how did it escalate there? But then you have like the story going through Ashley who embellishes, and then Giselle who embellishes. And I love how Giselle is like, yeah, I lied until Rob and told Robin y'all had sex. <laughs> and Like this this episode is why. I don't really like Mia, but I liked her in this episode because when she is able to recognize how insane she is and in those mm. moments and make space for it, then I'm like, great. Then we can all sort of acknowledge the role that you play. But it's when she gets too defensive and won't kind of like acknowledge it. But yeah, this thing between Mia and went and Wendy is is fascinating, and I am very eager to see how it comes up like with their respective with their respective husbands.
0: Mhm. I also uh- there's something about giselle being messy and knowing that she's being messy and owning the fact that she's being messy but it doesn't feel like it's about something so serious that you're trying to like ruin someone's life it's yeah, like yeah exactly it's like okay so i got one little piece of information from ashley and i should definitely verify it before i tell anybody else but trust and believe i'm going to tell somebody else yeah and you know, Mia doesn't seem angry about this. Like you said, we don't really get Wendy's side of the story. Wendy and Karen are uh, really annexed off for this whole episode. Um, you know, Wendy's got to do her quick hits about Roe v. Wade, which is just like...
2: <laughs> the most jarring I <laughs> transition I have ever seen. You know, i bodily um, academy. Whether you're letting a cast member pat your pussy or <laughs> yeah, Wendy's talking about its rights.
0: Wendy's busy with her... Uh, with her segment on TV, Karen's busy placing an order for uh, four wick candles. I, I like that it's special edition for the holidays, but it appears that the only thing that's different is an extra wick. An extra it's, wick.
2: It's the same scent. Well, you know, that's <laughs> the original nativity scene. There is just a, there's a, there's a four wick candle. So you, you have to be loyal to that. The, they brought gifts of
0: gold, frankincense, myrrh, and four wick latom <laughs> candles. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. so much <laughs> happened in the episode. So much happening.
0: Um, So how do you feel about Robin's wedding planning as somebody, Amanda, who has gotten married in the last mm-hmm. s- six months? We're still yeah, in the last six. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel watching her go about this haphazard wedding planning process?
2: It was very funny to watch her. She's just she's such a trip. Like watch her. Go to plan. And I don't think she should have known better, but like, you can be like, oh, I'm having a small wedding, I'm having an elopement, and it's still gonna cost you a lot of money for all of the reasons she just said. But it is interesting to hear her like, I feel like a lot of times, Robin, Robin. Robin's laziness catches up with her and she's able to sort of like find her way out of it. But she's like, oh, shit, this is my wedding. What I loved about this episode, too, is that like in the thumbnail for Potomac season one, episode one is Robin in a wedding dress. So it's really such a full circle moment to have her again, just lounging back in frankly, bad lighting. Uh, She looks the same. She looks great. Just sort of like talking about how bizarre her relationship history history is but i mean they they broke a couple days ago that it is going to be shown in the finale so honestly i honestly it probably helped her that production got involved so maybe a producer Mm -hmm. like thank god maybe she wouldn't have made it anyway for a producer to be like all right we want to film this so like let's make sure we have a location and like do you have a flower do you have a ring do you have a license
0: yeah um our Our friend Gibson Johns tweeted last night. He was like, say what you will about Robin, but it is truly so on brand that after seven seasons of talking about her relationship with Juan, getting engaged, going through this whole back and forth about a wedding, that now it's coming down to the last two episodes of (laughs) the season. And it's like, I guess I should throw something together. The whole series. (coughs) The
2: The entire series.
0: Since 2016, Real Housewives of Potomac has been leading up to probably the last five minutes of next week's finale, <laughs> where we get to see her get married.
2: And she's like, my mom doesn't know yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, we see her yeah. telling her mom in the preview for the finale, and like, of course, her mom is like, "Uh, I should be there." Which, yeah, like
2: I um, sometimes I'm like, what does Juan like about her? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like not even not even in a mean way, just truly. No. I'm curious.
2: Right, He's stuck around for a really long time and clearly worked really, really hard to have this type of relationship back. And then he's always like, "You want to get out of bed before 11:30 and do something with our sons?"
0: God, oh. the, the the last season period of Robin not being able to get out of bed, uh, it, j- watching somebody just in like abject depression like that is yeah, it's tough. It's.
2: it's because Robin and then like you'll just see her be a person who has encountered this like last season she did she was like oh like maybe I'm depressed and then this season as she's talking she's like I'm starting to feel um like stressed. It's like, yes, Robin Dixon, this is somehow you have evaded the experience of stress for your how 30, uh, however many years. And you know what? She's pretty. So people, I guess things have just like always, always gone well for her. But yeah, that's such a funny point. Like literally seven seasons have led up to this moment. And she's like, oh, a license. Oh, a dress.
0: Also, she's literally been married before to the same person.
2: Like She's the, so the, lucky <laughs> they even gave her that bachelor party. If I was going to remarry my same husband, people would be like, You're fine. Like, we'll we'll send you we'll get you a bottle of champagne. We're not doing all of this again.
0: (laughs) I did love Sharice acting somehow indignant about Mia deciding to plan the bachelorette party. And I'm like, Sharice, please. Absolutely. On what planet were you gonna call up the producers and be like, "Okay, so I've got a plan." It's like you are more than happy to show up with your little stack of money and eat a lobster and just go along with the plan. I like Charisse, but it's like, don't act like you wanted to have a central role in this. Well, you know what?
2: Now that you mention it, I can see why she wanted it because I think it was Mia's planning of this that like put a sheen on her to me, like. I do really appreciate her ability to like add the perspective that like you can be a sex worker, sex sex workers include dancers and lots of other people. And like, I love how they were like, yeah, there's steak and lobster here. And she was just very frank. She's like, it's not the classiest, but like these girls make a living. And I don't know if Bravo meant to do that, but that whole strip club scene too was like, I don't know, Dylan, I found it kind of beautiful. It was just like a really homosocial environment without judgment with these beautiful women celebrating each other. I don't know. It was just like a cool thing to see on TV and they did didn't fight too much
0: I actually did think about the fact that I them going to a gentleman's club where it was women dancers and just genuinely having a good time and hanging out and throwing some money around you know,
2: Ramona would have been like oh disgusting you know like, right and that, the n- difference... that never crossed my mind I had no anxiety in my body that mm-hmm. somebody was gonna say anything weird about the strippers and that was what was fun about it
0: Right, and the difference between that and, like, we're in the hotel suite and there's, like, a male stripper yes. coming to, like, oh, you I know... Oh, I hate that. R- r- like, <laughs> yeah. wearing, like, chaps in a police officer costume. It's, like, yeah. this felt like so much more of a, a like, good time energy, just everybody girls having, having fun. Everybody was having a good time, yeah. A- everybody was having a good time. Even, you know, Ashley talking about... Talking candidly about her situation with yeah. Michael. Saying that she and Michael have been getting in a good groove with each other and that they're not getting back together, but she feels she hasn't been dating other people because he said he wasn't dating other people. And she felt like it was more respectful to then also not date other people. And then Sharice or no, Candace, Candace, Candace says that Chris saw Michael at his restaurant that he works at with another girl just the other day. And, It says, it speaks volumes about how far Ashley and Candace have come. That Ashley (laughs) took this information, she believed this information, and she was like, Well, shit, what is that? You know, fuck Michael. And there wasn't even one ounce of like,
2: revolutionary.
0: There wasn't even one ounce of like, Candace is a bitch for saying this stuff about my man. And truly, that is the power of divorcing Michael Darby. (laughs)
2: I know. Well, it does. I mean, they had that conversation in Mexico that was very adult where Candace and honestly, Candace has been keeping behaving this season. Like she I feel like she really was like, I'm not going to lash out this season. And she's having a good season where they were like, where Candace very respectfully, there would have been a rude way to say this was like, I think you're interpreting what my husband does which was just inviting being like, come to my club a certain way because of things that have happened in your marriage. And Ashley said, that's, that's probably accurate. Also, I might be holding on to some pain from this that happened. And then they were like, okay, let's try to let that go. And then to see that, like, maybe that was actually successful. Again, I also was like, oh shit, is Ashley, is this going to come up again? But like, yes, just a normal like exchange. I'm curious if Ashley is going to be like, were you going to tell me if I didn't bring it up? But like, mm. I don't, I don't know. I can get why Candace was just sort of like, might think that that might rub Ashley the wrong way. And then of course, I mean, can- Candace's confessionals are iconic when she was like, if I could leave Gollum, I'd be getting on the first train. I mean,
0: <laughs> it does feel like- with Chef the- husband's kiss. With the rumors that went around about Chris earlier in the season, it does feel like in the past maybe Candace would have gone more scorched earth in response to that, where it would have been like, fuck everyone from now until the end of time. And you're going to get the absolute worst I have to offer at all times. And I mean, she clearly had her moments where she was really upset with people. But the fact that just a handful of episodes later they're able to kind of have this back and forth. That conversation in Mexico was great. And the fact that they are genuinely having fun with each other and enjoying each other's company and able to talk about real information like this, like Candace didn't bring this up in a malicious way. She brought it up that it's like, you're being really real right now and saying that you're basically putting your personal life on pause while you figure stuff out with Michael. And I want to let you know more as a friend he's not actually doing what he says he's doing. And it felt like Candace being a good friend rather than being like a Mm shit-stirring
2: Exactly, yeah. She didn't just bring it up. She brought it up at a point where it was like completely relevant, and Ashley needed to know. And like clearly wasn't upset that it was brought up in front of everyone because they're getting divorced. I loved how everyone was like, yeah, because you're getting a divorce.
0: Right, right. And Ashley, I mean, Ashley was saying, no, we're not getting back together. I'm just like, you know, taking time. And it's like, no, good. Go do you, please. Yes, don't. take
2: half of his, his money. You did it. You're done. You're free.
0: Oh, my God. But
2: I genuinely, like, I do believe that she genuinely, like, loves him. She's like, oh, like, I miss having sex with him. Like, I don't believe that's a show, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just everybody's got kinks. <laughs> She's just got a Michael Darby you know, kink. Different.
0: Everybody <laughs> has different flavors. for <laughs> <very> different. <laughs> different strokes for different folks.
2: But, you know, some things taste like poison, so you don't eat them. I don't know
0: and apparently for Karen lots of strokes with lots of folks <laughs> oh, if you no. believe what uh, what has I am to
2: says I'm struggling say. with that
0: it's tough because i the thing the thing about all of the Karen rumors is that it's like do i believe that at some point there has been some situation that wasn't strictly just her being monogamous with Ray i don't sure like i don't i don't know one way or the other I but feel i don't like have she's any she's
2: never denied that
0: I don't have any strong reason not to believe that something has ever happened, but the way that Charisse and some of the other women will so casually throw around things like, yeah, you know, she fucks everyone. She it's known in Potomac that she does X, Y, Z that. And the other thing she was at the strip club and she fucked one of the workers in the bathroom. Like she'll suck any dick in Potomac. Like I don't those, believe
2: that is true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I
0: think there's, there's a, A wide gulf between those two realities that it's like, at one point, maybe she's had something going on outside of her and Ray, And she's, you know, the biggest slut in the DMV. And so it does feel kind of like when Charisse is the one that's bringing it up over and over again. It's like, I believe that there's a nugget of truth in some part of this conversation. But Charisse spreading around rumor after rumor after rumor after rumor, it's like that is not what's going to convince me or really feel like there's any kind of point to talking about it.
2: Yeah, and it's not the best way to sort of like get the truth. I mean, my biggest pet peeve in A Housewife is when they could be starting to go after somebody for a legitimate reason, a truthful reason. And mm-hmm. then they because they get so furious by the denial that they double down and then they embellish. And then and then I lose you because then it's like, this is not gonna help. And then it's acceptable for Karen to shut down. I mean, she wasn't there to like, you know, to hear that. Like when like I don't like Larsa, but when Larsa will always just take it to like the most extreme, it's like because like that's not you you have to you have to like play fair. You have to mm-hmm. like come on. So Yeah, you're right, you're right. And Karen refusing to... And my instinct is always to be like, it's none of our business, but she's on a reality show. So it's like, and then, and then what Mia said, she was like, you know, people have age gaps in their marriage. And sometimes this like happens and it's just obviously something that Karen and Ray are never going to admit to being a dynamic in their relationship. And for some reason, yeah, I don't think it's for some reason that causes Sharice to make up a story about how like Karen, this, a 60 year old woman from wherever she lives is the biggest slut on the, in the -hmm. mid Atlantic, which I'm not buying.
0: Yeah, not to go back to like the outer darkness of Beverly Hills last season, but it reminds (laughs) me a little bit of the situation between Diana and Sutton where it felt like there was a point where Diana transitioned from having any legitimate issue with something Sutton had said or a specific interaction that they had had to just being like, this bitch is evil. She's the worst person in the world. can you even believe the the way she's, you know, existing in this group? And it's like, you don't have enough cachet with the audience yes. to be, you know, like, taking out on credit, like, all of these things that you're saying about that person. Like, Sharice is not in a position where the audience is, like, eating out of her hand so much that we're just going to be like, yes. oh, yeah, that thing, that thing, the next thing, the next thing. Say more about Karen. It's like... right. Yeah, like I, I'm interested Whereas, in like when getting Lisa
2: Barlow says, fuck half of New York. I'm intrigued.
0: Right. Like I'm interested to get to the bottom of Charisse and Karen's issues. And I hope that that is I hope that there's a productive conversation about that at the reunion. But like I'm not just down for anything that Charisse is throwing out mm-hmm. there because I think Charisse no. is entertaining in certain in certain uh, moments. But I'm not like team Charisse.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not sh- like there's no mystery. There's no like um, tension when you're just throwing out extremes that are absolutely not the case.
0: Yeah. I guess the uh, the technical term for that might be overplaying your hand a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after I uh, talked about it for five minutes, it's just uh, it's that simple.
2: <laughs> At least you remembered well on the podcast and not right after it was published. <laughs> not me like six hours later. Being... Yeah. Like, oh, that was Fuck. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, hey, can, like, can we oh, hey, this? Something smart to say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I mean, something smart to say. Amanda, you always bring something smart to say, oh, and that's I appreciate kind. you. Thank for you, it. sir. Um, tell it's everyone before we go where they can find you and listen to you.
2: Great timing, actually, because I am on this podcast, which historically has been four days a week, but we really major announcement that we are switching to a two day a week schedule as of this week. Uh, we're just sort of changing. You know, the the, the hosts are all going to come um, on here and there, but me, Millie and Elise are going to be the main hosts. And, you know, we're, we're going to two times a week because four times a week hearing about the news is just too much. Uh, we want it to be a little bit easier for you and we're also going to expand and do a little bit more pop culture, a little bit more feminism. So if you've thought about checking out this up, but you're like, I don't know if I want to do it every day, check it out now. Cause we're going to have a, a little bit uh, less overwhelming amount of content. And if you're a listener and you're going to miss us, then stay tuned. Maybe we'll make some more content. It'll just be a little harder to find.
0: Uh, as somebody who does the three times a week grind, I know, I, finally I understand. There's some you. weeks
2: where it's like there's so much to talk sometimes. about yeah, four, well, so, yeah, sometimes. Well, yeah, but it's still exhausting. It's hard because we also run accounts, so it's just hard to get anything done. But uh, I'll well, still be yapping.
0: You're doing you're doing the Lord's work. Some might say, we, and
2: we all are here at Betches.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. Um, like Amanda planning her schedule to come into the office, we have some exciting guests coming up. So make sure that you're following, subscribed, whatever, so you don't miss anything. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, at Bravo by Betches. I'm at Dylan Hafer. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all, like, uncool. batches